0: For those of you who don't know, I'm the pastor here. I've been gone a while. <clears throat> um, and for those who are wondering, Sturgis is still there. Uh, it's still got a bunch of crazy stuff going on. And that's a beautiful ride. If you ever been to the Black Hills and rode through the Black Hills, there's it's pretty cool just to commune with the Lord as you ride through uh, that kind of beauty. If you haven't seen it and you got Facebook, just look up Kathy. She put like... 500 pictures up there, so you can you can see the ride. We had a great time, uh, just just uh, being away for a while and and uh, getting a break. So it was pretty cool. So it's good to be back. Uh, I'm glad that, that we kept the rubber on the road and nothing crazy happened. That doesn't always work out that way for me. For those of you who don't know that, so. <laughs> But it's, it did this time, so we're blessed to be back. Um, and as we, um, as we jump in here to Colossians uh, chapter 1, just wanted to have Don read that earlier section for you, because we talked about that about three weeks ago. So I don't want us to lose sight of, of where we've been and, and where we're going. And today we're going to be talking about why we need to pray. And the reality is we struggle with this a lot. Well, oh, especially in the United States of America, we are the the uh, nation of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do it. And then typically what happens is after we've exhausted all effort, we go, well, there's nothing left I can do. I should pray. And uh, we probably have that backwards. And Paul wanted the Colossians to understand, the people at Colossae And remember, just so we can put it in picture, the the church of Colossae is in the same region as Laodicea. Now you guys remember Laodicea. If you've read the book of Revelation, Laodicea uh, is infamous for something that the Lord said about Laodicea. He said to Laodicea, uh, you are neither hot nor cold, you are lukewarm. And because you are lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And most of us, ever since we've read that, have said, well, I don't want to be that. Right? There are seven churches. We can all say, well, I want to follow the examples of these other churches. But, but most nobody goes, you know, I, I want to be Laodicea. I want to be the church of puke. <laughs> nobody says that. What they say is, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to be like that. But listen, part of the reason why Laodicea struggled the way they did is because of their Pride. They had pride, they had stuff. It was a wealthy city. It was a wealthy place they didn 't struggle like a lot of other places did. you know they 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 were they were wealthy, they made a salve that was able to Heal people's eyes, and so people were buying this from everywhere, and so it was a commerce center of this medicine to help people be able to see better. But Jesus would say to them, "You need to buy some of that salve for yourself, because you're not seeing this too clearly." So when we look at the letter to Colossae, you know that letter would have been read Leo. to see it. Colossae is right next door, right, just like Buell, Filer, Castleford. We're all next door to each other. We know what's going on from one place to the other. So he's writing to them. And as he writes to them, he tells them, in the very first verse we're going to look at today, in verse 9, the reason for prayer. Listen to what he says. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. So Paul says this in almost every letter. I only say almost because... I'm not absolutely certain. Next week I may say every letter. But this week I'll say almost every letter. He says this, we don't cease to pray for you. So he's praying for Colossae. He's never been there. He's never seen these people. It's Epiphras who has brought the information to him about what's going on in Colossae. And so he's saying, but since we heard, since Epiphras came and he told us about what's going on, man, we've been praying for you guys. And it's interesting to me what Paul prays, because it, it's really interesting in compare, comparison to how, how we pray. I don't find a, a, a prayer of Paul where Paul prays for healing. I don't find a place where, where, there's a lot of things that, you know, Paul, we know, he would walk by people and his shadow would fall on them and they would get healed. So it's not that the power of healing wasn't in Paul, right? Power of healing was there. A lot of people got healed through his ministry, but we don't see him writing out a prayer for somebody for their healing. Uh, he may praise God that God healed uh, Epiphras is one of them. So he, but we don't see that. We don't. We don't see a lot. But the things that we do see, they're 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 probably the things we don't really pray about. Paul prays about them all the time. He really wants us to focus in. Listen to what he's praying for this church in verse 9. Asking that you may be filled with all the knowledge of His will. Asking that the church of Colossae, just praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Now we all think about that in terms of uh, I, want, I want to know God's will for wh- what I should do next, or how I should live, or what job I should take, or if, should I buy this house, or shouldn't I buy the house? These are all questions we may ask ourselves about the will of God, but what he's talking about here is the knowledge of God. That's how you know God's will. There's no shortcut. We think that we can build a shortcut, right? Okay, well... I know preachers are always saying, You know we need, I need to know God, I need to know God, but i 'm going to bypass that whole knowing God thing. I just want to know what he wants, but you can 't it just doesn 't work for the For the second time since i 've been in buell we I had a visitor a week ago and and uh struggling with with drugs and alcohol and he he sits at the table across from me and he says, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this life anymore. I want all of this to go away. I want it to be. What do I got to do? And for the second time uh, with this same guy, I, we tell him, man, you, you need Jesus in your life. Yeah, yeah but what I got to do? No, you, you you need to know him. You need to know Christ. You need to you need to surrender your life, lay down your pride, and look to Him. Yeah, but what do I got to do? Well, just tell me what to do. I just want to know what to do. And everything that we talked about, and I've known this guy probably for pretty close to 10 years and and everything that we talk about you know it's like you know there's this level of pride maybe you don't recognize it there's this pride that we have because we we don't think we need to surrender we just think if you give me the list give me the list I can do it Whatever the list is, lay out that thing and I'll do the list. I'll take the list and I'll follow the list. And we don't understand that long before the list, there has to be surrender. Surrender to Him. Part of this whole picture the Bible talks about that people miss so often is this idea of repentance. You've heard that word before, right? Repent and believe. That's how Jesus began his ministry. He went throughout. Mark tells us, Mark chapter 1. Jesus went around preaching, repent and believe. That we turn from and we turn to. But that, that takes Humility. It takes humility to, to say, I can't do this. I need somebody who can You ever had to ask somebody for help? Especially for something you can do very well? It's hard. It's for some. A humble man doesn't have a hard time humble woman doesn't have a hard time because they're, they're not worried about, it's not, it's not about me. I just need help. I always appreciate people like that. Hey, I need help. Help. I need help with this or help with that. It, it begins with a willingness to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. What did he say he'd do? And he will lift you up. The things that we need to experience salvation is a willingness to humble ourselves, to lay down me. And it's the first thing Paul says he's praying for that you know God. Do you know him? I'm not talking about do you know about him? Do you know what t- dates and times? Do you know God? Do you know him how do i how do I find out about him how do i how do I learn about God? Well, he presented us two things: the Word of God and God the word that 's how you know God What do I mean? well, the Word of God the bible's on our laps or in the back of the chair in front of you that 's the word of god that's that 's god 's revelation to man about himself. You want to know who God is, and you've got to put yourself in and Read about Him. The other thing that He gave us was His Son. God the Word. God the Word, the Son of God, declares to us who God is. He declares God to us. He he takes the, the infinite picture of God. You guys know how big God is? The Bible says that God measures the universe with His hand. Now, you know how big the universe is? The universe is big, in case you didn't know. Let's just go with the earth. The earth is big. And the span of my hand doesn't even cover the pulpit. The span of God's hand is the universe. God's big, God is beyond our comprehension. You know how the Bible declares to us that God is beyond our comprehension? It says this, God cannot be seen. I can't perceive Him. If God doesn't reveal Himself to me, I would never find Him. Coming to know the unknowable God Learning to see the invisible God. How do I do that? How do I accomplish those things? I'm not going to find Him doing all the things I've been doing. I find Him when I come to His Word. And when I consider His Son. Which I'll always also find in the Word. Right? Who is Jesus? What do He say? He's taking this God. this, This huge infinite being. And He's presenting Him to us. In anthropocentric language. Now, how many of you guys want to look that up later when you get home? Anthropocentric, I'm trying to think of an easier way to say it, so I'm going to define it with more words. Anthropocentric means he takes this infinite God and he brings it down into a language that you and I can understand. Now that language that you and I can understand causes us problems too, right? Because we understand the bigness of God and then he's simplifying it so that we can take the simpler ideas and run with it. But sometimes those simple ideas get in the way of the infinite God. Are you following me? Sometimes we struggle with the things God tells us about himself. No? We all do. But we have to recognize that language has limitations, doesn't it? And when you take into consideration an infinite God, so great, so big, so immense, and you bring that all down to 66 books written by 40 authors telling one story God's redemption of man, how God redeems man. That's the Bible yeah there's going to be some things we go we scratch our head on, so the Lord told Isaiah, tell the people i'm higher than they are i'm bigger i'm doing my best. This is jackie paraphrase isaiah fifty five you feel free to look it up i'm doing my best to paraphrase it but but basically what God is saying, look you You don't think the same way I think. You don't see the same way I see. I see it all at once. I see all time as the eternal now. You see time through your experience. That's a big difference, isn't it? And we trip out because God tells us what's going to happen. And then we trip out about how did God know? And then when we think, well, how did God know what was going to happen? Did God make what happened happen? And then if God made what happened happen, did I really have any kind of choice in what happened? And we start, you understand what I'm saying? I'm taking this infinite God, passing him through the limitation of language that we can understand, delivering it to us. And so the fact that you're left with questions is good. Because the next thing God says is, know me. Find me. He sought us first. We don't seek Him first. He sought us first. He revealed Himself to us. And so He lays out this idea. Come, know me. I want you to know me. Kathy and I oftentimes do things that make life not as easy as it was a minute ago. You guys may remember, I don't remember how long ago it was. I I cried up here like a big baby when my lab died, Shadow died, got hit by a car and I had to hold I had to hold her while while she was going to sleep. So that was a I was a drag and I was pretty sure I think I'm just gonna be done. But you know sometimes you make your life more complicated. So we have some people we love who, who uh um Granted us shadow, had a puppy available again, so we took a puppy. Uh So we have a little I call it shadow too, Kathy calls it raven. So but we have this beautiful black lab. And I'm reminded, right, as as you know, you guys anybody remember puppy life? Nobody remember it? Puppy, you know, puppy doesn't understand anything. Or if it does, you don't really know. That's the hard part, because I think, uh, I think you know what I'm saying to you, but you just don't want to do it, which reminds me of my children all over again. But listen, as, as we're doing the stuff, you know, doing all the puppy stuff again and, and uh, uh, teaching her a name and, and uh, all, all that stuff, it reminds me that what I want from this dog, and what will eventually happen as the dog is trained, is the dog will know me. And when that happens, there's magic that happens between the owner and the animal, right There's this magic that happens because the dog knows me it's been around me now, and now the dog knows me and I think in a in a microcosm because that's such a simple explanation, but I think that's what it is like for God. you know we're the puppy, not the other way around and And God wants us to know Him, right? To to know God and His will. And how do I know God and His will? The same way that puppy's going to know mine. It's going to spend time with me. There's going to be times of discipline. There's going to be times of celebration. There's going to be playing. All of that stuff is getting to know, right? This, listen, don't lose track. This is what Paul is praying for. That you know God. That you know the God of the universe that, that boggles our mind. That you would know the God that goes beyond our understanding. That you would know the God that's so big. But cares about you enough to send His one and only Son. So that we could know God more intimately. Right? To remove all things that would separate us from Him. Because we find reconciliation through His Son. He says, I want you to know, I want you to know, be filled. Not just have a surface knowledge, right? Are you, you guys know the difference between being filled and not being filled? I've been on a diet for like a year and a half. Or two months. months. Yeah, yeah, and I just better get used to it or get used to being fat again one or the other but I know you guys heard that again what's he say again for he's still fat but (laughs) I know the difference I have sat down at turkey dinner on Thanksgiving and I have filled my plate beyond the ability to eat it and I only take three things I don't take all that stuff you all make I take turkey taters and stuffing and if you count gravy I take four things and I get a gravy and all of it's covered and I don't care if it's touching, I don't do that, my food's touching you bunch of weirdos mix that stuff up I get all that food, all that turkeys on there and the potatoes and it's all touching and mixed together, it's all got gravy on it and I start shoveling and I shovel at least five shovelfuls passed when I'm full. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Billy. <clears throat> we're on our vacation. Billy, I don't know if you guys know Billy, I can't say Billy's last name. So, Billy, the big guy with the beard, long hair. Billy, he's with us on vacation, and everybody who couldn't finish what they're eating, give it to Billy. You know, it's like, hey, Mikey, he'll like it. You know, that Life Cereal commercial. So everybody's shoveling all their plates. So he's gone, one plate, two plates, three plates. Ice cream start coming. He's done one ice cream, two ice cream, three ice cream. When it's all over, he sits back and goes, Mary, I did it. (laughs) That's being full. He's praying that you be filled like that with the knowledge of God. Now, just think for a moment. Is that... How you think about how you know God. Like, I'm full. Because that was Paul's number one prayer request for the people of Colossae. The ones who became lukewarm. Man, be full of the knowledge of God. There's a lot of things. Life gives us lots of things, right? And we're all a bunch of squirrels and something shiny happens, we take off after the next shiny thing. But we want to be filled with the knowledge of his will. And we know what God wants because we know God. We have to know him. We got to be surrounded in it. And it's interesting because it's, it's, he's talking about being filled up. It's like being controlled by. Right? I'm controlled by Thanksgiving dinner. After Thanksgiving dinner, I am under the control of turkey, stuffing, potatoes, and gravy. What's the next thing that happens? Yeah. Thank you. So you've been controlled by it before too. <laughs> so what happens when I'm filled like that with the knowledge of God and of His will? I'm controlled by Him. Right? That's what he's talking about. He wants us to know that, to be filled with, to understand all that God's will is about. In Romans 128 it says this, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, they didn't want to know God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. Romans chapter 1 says that God has revealed himself to every man, woman, and child on earth. It's not a question of, I don't know, God exists. It's that you will not worship the God that you do know exists. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge or want to know God, then God gave them up. You ever watch the news? You ever look at our world? It's full of that. Absolutely full of men and women full of pride that's why we wonder why can't they see their their own inconsistencies why 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 can't they see because they have denied the knowledge of god the bible says it's a fool who says in his heart there's no god they didn't want that knowledge God gave them up to a debased mind to do the things that ought not be done that's what the world looks like but here Paul saying look I'm praying I'm praying for you that you would know God and be filled with this knowledge of his will with what in all spiritual wisdom in all spiritual wisdom Well, I looked up wisdom in Webster's just so nobody would argue with my definition is that okay We can run with Webster's definition. Webster's definition. The right use or exercise of knowledge. That's what wisdom is. The right use and exercise of what knowledge? Knowledge of God and His will. The knowledge of God's will. So wisdom, all spiritual wisdom is the right use of that knowledge. Now, what happens is, when I know God, and I comprehend Him, and I understand Him, I I, I want to be filled by His Spirit with all spiritual wisdom, which means I know what to do next. I know what to do next. Because I know Him. I know Him, and I want to follow Him, and I want to be obedient to Him. And so, right knowledge leads to right behavior. Not the other way around. If you don't know Him, you don't know what to do. If you know Him, and if you don't know what to do, then don't stop focusing on what should I do. Just know Him. Focusing on knowing Him. Know Jesus. Know the things He taught. Know the things He said. Know the things He did. Begin to comprehend what is the height and depth and width and breadth The knowledge of God through Christ Jesus. Begin to comprehend all that God wants to reveal to us. We want to be filled with all spiritual wisdom, right? All spiritual wisdom and then understanding. Well, I looked up wisdom, might as well look up understanding. Understanding, according to Webster's, is the faculty of the human mind by which it apprehends the real state of things. Did you miss that? The faculty of the human mind by which it apprehends the real state of things. You ever thought you knew what was going on and been wrong? Then you didn't understand. So he's praying for spiritual wisdom and understanding through the knowledge of God and His will. And he's saying, I want you to know the real what's going on. Not what we think. Now this is, this is going to bring us right back to surrender. Learn to surrender. <clears throat> the puppy is sure I am trying to torture it to death. It's sure that, that I, I'm not caring about it. And I, why don't I just leave the food out all the time. And, and, and why don't I just do everything the way the puppy thinks it ought to be done. I should be able to pee and poo wherever I want to. (laughs) On your bed, on the couch, on the floor. What's the difference? (laughs) Now, does the puppy have understanding? How many of us are acting like that puppy? Just saying, I know what's right. God, do it my way. Do it like this. Do it like that. But Paul is praying that you would know God. That you would have spiritual wisdom, which means you would know what to do with the knowledge you've gained. And understanding. You would know the the real state of things. The real state of things. Whose hands am I in? Been a number of times, Kathy and I have had many animals. We're not experts. Our faces have probably been on some non-expert like wanted posters for <clears throat> how, how we've tried to train. But I can tell you this, my goal is life. If you were here with me a few months ago when we lost Shadow, I used to say about Shadow, Shadow only wanted to go where she shouldn't be. If she got out, I had to be on her immediately because she wanted to go get in the road. And I'm sure Shadow would have turned around and looked at me and said, Come on, dad, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with being in the road. I can play with a road, I'm fast. These slow cars can't get me until the night she was screaming, right? How many of us act like that? Do you have spiritual wisdom and understanding? Because if you're like Shadow and you're playing in the road, the road's gonna get you. And the reason why things enter into your life that you don't like is because God is trying to say, Stop playing in the road. Right? So Paul said, Man, I, this is what I, I'm not praying for your healing. I'm not praying for your wealth and prosperity. I'm praying that you know God and His will. And when you know God and His will, I'm praying you know what to do about it. And I'm praying you understand the reality of things. Sin is not sin because God's a cosmic killjoy. Sin is sin because it pays wages. Do you know what they are? I saw a meme the other day on Facebook talking about sin. Said we should stop talking about sin like a cream puff and start talking about it like a rattlesnake. Got an old song by Bride. Uh, It's an old Christian band that none of you guys would like. But I liked them. And they had a song called Rattlesnakes in the Playground. And the whole point of the song was... uh, if you had rattlesnakes in the playground and your kids are playing in the playground, what would you do? Or would you would you be a little excited about getting them out of the playground? How come we don't feel that way about sin? Why, why don't why don't why don't it matter? We just want to play around with it. church been quiet too long. We're so afraid of offending somebody. Better to offend somebody and them stop. No. We used to stand outside, Planned Parenthood and twin, and uh, I caught more grief from Christians than I ever caught from, from other people. But, you know, what are you doing out here? This doesn't do any good. And I always had the same answer. Well, sitting at home on your couch ain't doing any good either. Why do you think that's better? I'll tell everybody who didn't like what what we were doing out there. Come up with a better idea. I'll go do that. Well, you don't want to offend those 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 girls going in there. You sure? Are you sure about that? Maybe you stood on the corner and you heard them say, "Oh no, what?" Well, I- I know I'm killing my baby, but I just can't have a baby right now. Then you give up the excuse they don't know what they're doing. Sure they do. Is it a rattlesnake or a cupcake? And is it, isn't it all? That you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will and then know what to do. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you know God. And then know the truth about the reality of things. Yeah, and learn that we need to know some things. We, the biggest problem in the church is the things that we already are sure we know. Man, cracks me up. I've been studying the Bible a long, long, long time. And there are people who have been studying the Bible way longer than me. And I don't know hardly anything. So the arrogance when people tell me what they know. Really? You know that? Are you sure you know that? Just because you can type it on Facebook doesn't make it true. Do you know God? Do you know God? This is how we ought to be praying for one another. Why? Look at verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Why are we praying this? Why are we asking to know God and have spiritual wisdom and understanding? Why? So that you would walk worthy. Anybody want to walk worthy? Well, you know, walking worthy... It, don't, don't think of it in wrong ways. That word worthy means equal weight. Equal weight. In other words, practice what you... Oh, you guys have heard that one before. Practice what you preach. What you say with your mouth. Oh, I know God. And I have spiritual wisdom and understanding. Good. good. Then walk worthy. Walk like Him. You walk like Jesus... You walk, do you walk like Him? Walking worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Man, I wish I knew what God wants. Oh, he wants you to know Him. He wants you to have spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that you can walk worthy and be fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit in, what's it say? Every good work. You'll bear fruit in every good work. Every good thing that you do. Every good thing that you try. What what, what good things am I supposed to do? Remember I told you that the knowledge of God comes from His Word and and from Jesus Christ? And when we we look at His Word, Philippians 4.8, He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honorable, whatever things are just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, meditate, chew, hang out with, do these things. That's what we do. That's our meditation. That's what we hold to. Our actions reveal. Is the Holy Spirit controlling me? Is the Holy Spirit controlling me? Do I know God? Listen, that's not all. He says, "Fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work." And what's the next part? And increasing in what? The knowledge of God. You see, it's a circle. The more you want to know God, the more we we go to God's revelation to understand Him. The more we learn about what we ought to be doing, the more we learn about God, and it never stops. I remember I sat down at a kitchen table when I was 30 years old and I told Kathy, I am going to solve every mystery that exists in the Bible. (laughs) I'm going to have all the answers. I went to Bible college, finished Bible college. I went back to Bible college a little while ago. Man. I have more questions. But. I know God more today than I knew Him back then. Because the journey is the thing. And the more you study to show yourself approved, the more you spend time wanting to know God, the more He reveals of Himself to you, it's like a, it's like a corkscrew. It just keeps going up. It doesn't end, because there's never a time when we arrive It's a pursuit, right? Pursuing the understanding, the knowledge of God. Pursuing Him. And He says, the more you do it, the more you're going to walk worthy. The more you walk worthy, the more pleasing you're going to be to Him. The more you'll bear fruit in everything that you do. Our attitudes will be correct and our knowledge of God will be increasing. Continually increasing. Our constant aim is to know Him. In Hosea chapter 2 verse 20 it says, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you will know Yahweh. That's what God said to Hosea through Hosea the prophet. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. I will be faithful to you and you will know me. That is the most significant need in every one of us. I don't care what you think it is. The most significant need in you is to be known. That's, that's the, the solution to loneliness. It's a solution to selfishness. It's a solution to all those things. I want to be known. I want somebody to know me. God says, I will betroth you to myself in faithfulness, and you will know me. First Corinthians chapter 13 says, "One day, right now we see through a glass dimly, but one day we'll understand him like he understands me." And the cool thing is, guys don't miss this, because we all pretend who, about who we are. Do you, you, you know that, right? Even the least pretending person here pretends about who they are. We put on a mask. We want everybody to see the mask. This is who I want you to see. Because I'm afraid to let you pass the mask. Because if you really know what's on the other side of the mask, you're not going to want to know me. You're not going to want to hang out with me. Uh, I don't want to have to defend myself. Whatever things, right? We have all these things. But you know that the Word of God declares that God knows you that way. Pass the mask. He knows who you are in your soul. And He loves you anyway. And when you know that, you love Him too. And then you want to know more. And you want to know more, and you want to know more. He loves me. He knows all the dumb thoughts I have. He loves me anyway. He's faithful. Hosea 6.3 6, 3 through 6 says this, Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us just like the showers, and the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? <clears throat> Your love is like a morning cloud. It starts in the morning but goes away. The dew that goes early away. Therefore, I have hewn you by the prophets. I'm trying to show you by the prophets who I am. I've slain you with the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth like light. See the light, know the truth. For I desire love, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. I just want you to know me. That's what God says. I just want you to know me. Colossians 1.11 says being strengthened with all power according to the glorious might for all endurance patience with joy so not only we know God and we want to walk worthy right of God but then we want to be strengthened with what? our power? nope don't need that yeah don't need that most of the time when I train somebody to do something I had to untrain them what they thought they already knew you ever have to do that? I give case in point. My son is 16 years old, he wants to learn how to drive. But he already knows how to drive. Because when you're 16, you're infinitely smarter than your idiot father. Right? No, that, that didn't happen to any of you guys. I just must have a screwed up family. So, I'm I'm teaching my son how to drive, and the first thing I had to do was unteach him all the things he thought he knew. Right? Hey, we need to to be untaught all those things we think we know, all those things we think we understand, all the power we think we have, and we need to be strengthened according to His glorious might. Why? Because you need endurance and patience with joy. Endurance means to be able to endure events things that happen in your life. Anybody ever have disappointing things in their life? Okay, so we want to be able to endure the disappointments in life. That's what that word endurance means. To endure those disappointments. What do I need? I need the power from God to endure the struggles, the difficulties of things that come at us in life. I want to be able to endure those things so I need His power through His glorious might. For endurance. Next, he says, and patience. Patience is people. That's how you'll understand the difference in the Bible. Endurance is things, patience is people. Anybody ever known somebody they needed a little bit of patience with? No? Man, I need patience. Sorry. I need patience. I need patience with people. I need to stop thinking that everybody's out to get me and maybe start thinking that slow down a little slow slow the roll running too far now i want patience where is that going to come from me i read a great book on the on how to get self help and i just focus on me more and if i focus on me more i'll learn how to be patient with people you could buy it at my yard sale for 10 cents Yeah, no, it's not about that, guys. It's not about that. Look, we we get patience and endurance from God, from His glorious might, so that we can endure and be patient with joy. If you don't know how to do that, you need to listen to the whole series on Philippians we just did, because that's how we endure all of these things through His power, with endurance, patience, and joy. And then we need to be thankful. Listen, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father because He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Are you thankful? I'm supposed to be thankful for what? My inheritance. I'm part of the family of God. That's what He means. My inheritance with Him. For he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He took me out of the dark and he put me in the light. Is that something worth being thankful for? Man, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my inheritance. I'm thankful for my deliverance. And then in verse 14, for in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I'm thankful for my inheritance. I'm thankful for my deliverance. And I'm thankful for my redemption. Because not only did he take me out of darkness, he put me in the light. Not only did he take me out of the place where I was lost, but he redeemed me. And he didn't just redeem me. What did he do? Forgave my sin. Man. That's a lot to be thankful for. Think about Paul's prayer. Pray that you know God. That you have spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that you can walk worthy. You can walk of equal weight. Of your knowledge of who God is and what He's done. So that I can be strengthened with His power. Through His glory. So that I can do the things that God is... Calling me to do. That I can have endurance. That I can have patience. That I can have joy. And finally, I want to be thankful. For my inheritance. For my deliverance. For my redemption. That's what Paul said mattered in prayer. Maybe in our prayer closet we ought to think about that this week. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for this time. We can spend studying Your Word, God. We want to know You. We want to know who You are, what You value. God, so that we can understand You, so that we can recognize the things that You're doing and and what You're calling us to, Lord. God, I just pray that we would be filled all the knowledge of God and his will that we would know you because that's the answer <coughs> or we can walk around in our pride and say I don't need to know I'm good just know that's that's just pride life's got a way of ringing pride out But if a man or a woman will humble himself before the Lord, God, I need to know you. My life is sideways. And I know you're the answer. I I may not know what to do yet, but I need to know you. Man, don't you know that God in heaven is waiting for those words? Because he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to know This is how he's chosen to reveal himself. Through his word, through his son. When you come to his son, he empowers you with the spirit so you can do the things you need to do. All that stuff, it all begins with a surrender. God, I just pray by your spirit you move in this place today. Because there are men and women here right now who are sure that they don't need any of this. So God, I pray for them that they would be filled with a desire to know you. That you peel back the veil over their eyes, that you grant unto them repentance you do whatever you got to do, God, that they might see you, that they might know you. I remember, Lord, when Kathy and I didn't have any kids, people used to try to tell us, man, when you have a baby, there's just something about the love in you that, man, you didn't realize you could have that. And I was just sure. I knew what they were talking about until I had our first baby. And then I go, oh, I didn't know at all. Right now there are people that are sure they know what this whole relationship with Christ is all about. God, I pray that they would taste and see that they don't really know at all but that you would do a work for you're far better at it than we are. And God, make us, friends and family, sensitive to know what to say about the rattlesnakes in the playground. Fill us, God, with the knowledge of you that we would do right by you. That you be glorified and magnified. So we lift this time to you and give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we close out of worship, I just want to let you know there will be people up front. They're here to pray with you. If you're getting going through something, you need prayer, whatever questions, they're available here to pray with you. God bless you guys. Go in peace.
1: And broken within Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling And have you come to the end of yourself Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling